Hey guys, and welcome to the most basic episode of the LHP podcast yet. Presented by Olathe's. Don't turn us off. I promise it will make sense in a second. I'm Candace. And I'm Andrew. And on today's episode, we are talking about the basics of health, fitness, and nutrition. Now, before you think this stuff is elementary, we'd like to challenge that. How many times have you thought to yourself, I want to lose weight, or I want to eat healthier, or I want to be healthier overall? But you found yourself unsure where to start. Or overwhelmed at all the advice out there. How do you know who to believe? How? How? <laughs> wow. Okay. That, I think you might have some trust issues, Candace. I don't want to talk about it. I, all right. We might want to later. But <laughs> anyway, you won't have to worry about trusting anything today because today's guests are legit. In fact, we have three experts on with us today. A doctor named Bobby, a dietitian named Candy, and a personal trainer named Mark. That last one doesn't quite fit with the theme there, but whatever. Anyway, let's get started. Our first guest on the show today is Dr. Bobby Davari. He specializes in family medicine with Kaiser Permanente of Orange County, and he's here to help us understand some of the basics when it comes to general health. So first of all, welcome to the show, Dr. Davari. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with pretty much the most basic question I could think to ask, which is how do doctors determine if a person is healthy or not? So, boy, that's that's a actually a tough question, right? Uh, yeah, it, it seems it's so basic, simple, but, but yeah. It's, yeah. So for for most of us, when you when you when you come in for a physical, what we're looking at is your weight, uh, um, and then your blood pressure, your heart rate, um, and those are the basics. And so we have sort of key measurements around that, key metrics on what's you know what's the healthy weight for your height. Um, we call that the body mass index. Um, and then we look at those numbers and kind of help figure out, okay, is this person the right weight for their height? Um, and then is their blood pressure good, high, low, medium, going to be high soon? Is it because it's pre-hypertension? Um, and, then, and then we look at their heart rate and, and then obviously the exam to figure out what's going on. But it's really hard to say healthy, not healthy. There's always the, these sort of, um, sort of gradations of health, mm. right? So... Um, but really the basics are, you know, are you a healthy weight for your height? And then are you, um, is your blood pressure, um, high or low, or is it, is your heart rate too high or too low? And those are, those numbers, you know, your listeners don't have to know per se, but their doctor can tell them about what, where they're at, uh, in a visit, you know, hmm. just a interesting side thing on BMI. Is that how accurate is that as an indicator because i feel like if you're someone that's like in great shape and you have a lot of muscle on you you're going to have a high bmi but right. that'll put you technically into an obese category so is that like a just right like you kind of have to assess the individual in other ways and then go to bmi or yeah that's a good point so that's why it's just not exactly it doesn't quite fit like a black a perfect and black and white okay. definition it's, there's lots of shades of gray um and so, yeah, we definitely have to adjust account for that. So you'll have someone who's you know very muscular. You'll, you'll their BMI will appear really high, but those those are pretty obvious. You know, you then you know, yeah. you can kind of tell. You throw but, a BMI for those people. Yeah, yeah right. you don't really count on the BMI so much. And then in that in those cases, though, you could still be um, uh, cognizant of the of the blood pressure and the heart rate. That's still important. So if mm. you have someone who's very muscular but their blood pressure is super high and their heart rate super high, you, know, you only get so many heartbeats per lifetime. Hmm. So you, you want yeah, to keep right. that heart rate <laughs> lower and you'll see people that do enough cardio 
that their heart rate will be low. So I don't recommend patients go and just do weights and nothing else. You know, right. you gotta, you gotta hit the cardio machines. You always go to the gym and you see all the guys are at the weights <laughs> and you know, the women are at right. the cardio machines. It's like, no, everyone should do really both. Right. You know? right. So it's interesting. Cause I heard you talk about blood pressure a lot, mm. but when it comes to blood sugar, mm. what should our listeners know about maintaining that and mm. keeping it in check so they can help it from spiking? Yeah. So for, for like a general person who doesn't have diabetes, they don't really have to worry about their blood sugar per se. We only want patients to measure their blood sugars if they're diabetic and on insulin. So generally, you shouldn't have to worry about that as long as you're, you're maintaining a good body weight. And so um, if, you're, if you go to your doctor and they tell you, gosh, you know, you're overweight or obese, they can do a blood test to check for diabetes. And that's a really sensitive test. So you don't really have to worry about the actual blood sugar per se every day. Um, you would just have to know um, what your body weight is and what your ideal body weight is for your height. So, you know, for a man five, who's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, around 150, um, 150 pounds, 155 pounds is, is where you need to be. That being said, if you're put on a lot of muscle, maybe it's 165, but again, it's hard to know because that muscle factor, right? right? Mm -hmm. But also, um, it, you know, some people can carry more weight so they can appear more heavy and yet their numbers look great. So their blood sugars look great and their blood pressure looks great. And then we don't worry about them so much. So okay. I guess that's Good kind job. of why going to a doctor is important. Going yeah. to do your checkups, which right. is something I could be better at actually, but going <laughs> to do your checkups is important because they, the, your doctor gets to know you on an individual basis rather than just kind of judging you purely against a chart. They can look at you as a person in combination with the chart to make a, a better decision right. about your health. Okay. I had another question too. Mm. I don't know if this is true, but I wanted to ask you. I heard about if, if your waist circumference is larger than your hip circumference, that you have a higher chance of developing like, you know, obesity-related diseases. Um, is that true? Is that kind of like one of those myths that's yeah, out is there that talking true? about? When we, <laughs> when we were talking about this episode, she brought this up. I'm like, what? Really? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 true, um, wow. but it's not something we, t we generally measure because the weight... Um, and the BMI are good enough measures. Mm -hmm. That's just an additional measure. You know, I have people come in and, and they refuse to have their weight measured because they're like, you know, they're disappointed with that. You know, they don't mm -hmm. want to be that heavy. And so to then take out a tape measure and measure their belly mm -hmm. and then their hips is kind of like too much. But, so, how, but I'm worried. So what is it? It's if, you're, if your hips are narrower than your waist? If, well, it's your, if your waist is larger than your hips, right? Okay, right. But then what about the love unhealthy. handles? Does that count as the waist? Yeah, I mean, because so. I'm like, then technically right now, I would be what at a, a risk for yeah. significantly obese, which I don't think is true. I, but, I think it is though. I mean, we I, just, know, I don't know, <laughs> but I, well, I know he said it's true. But then again, it's like that's then that's me. I think. Yeah, we we <laughs> call that like a surrogate marker. So it's okay. not. It's like. You know, it's it's a, one of the data points we can use to decide if someone is is or isn't healthy, uh, mm. so to speak, or overweight. Um, and I think the the larger point is, you know, does that waist to hip uh, 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 circumference measurement does that correlate to their blood pressure or their mm. blood sugar and so mm. on? There are there are plenty of examples in my in my practice where you have someone that appears overweight and yet their numbers look great and they're very healthy and they exercise a ton, 
Hmm. And so they are really, so I think that just because you maybe appear overweight or some of the measurements are overweight, if you're, you know, going to the gym every day and you're exercising a ton, you can run on a treadmill for 30 minutes and, you know, do that workout. That's a better indication that you're going to live, you know, uh, without any heart disease for the rest of your life than really almost any other measure we have. Right. That's good to know. So it's kind of, there's a whole bunch of measurements and it's kind of like when you start ticking boxes and seeing issues in multiple places, that's when you kind of start to realize maybe you're not so healthy, right. I guess, not just one or two mm. because right. we're all a little different. Everyone's yeah. so different. Right. Yeah. And that's why the, the, the family doctor can sit down with you and kind of give you a good sense for where you're at, you know, cause they can look at all the data, you know, all that data plus the, the blood tests and then the blood pressure that all gives you a picture for what's going on mm-hmm. rather than taking one measurement and going, oh my gosh, you right. know, this is bad. Is there such a thing though as skinny fat? I hear so many people <laughs> use that term. Like, is that really uh, a thing? <laughs> yeah, actually it is a thing. So just like you can have people that appear overweight, but they're actually really healthy because they have their cardiovascular fitnesses up there, their heart rate's real low. You can get them on a treadmill, they can run for an hour, no problem, at, an, at a good clip. You can have other people that are very thin. In fact, for um, for our Asian patients, their BMI recommendations are much lower, actually, mm. to be healthy mm. per se. So, so I wouldn't take what people what what the appearance is as the answer in terms of how healthy they are. So mm. you really have to look at um, you know how 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 much can they push their body? You know, can you can they run on a treadmill for a while? In mm. fact, we ask those questions when they're about to go to surgery, we go, hey, can you go up a couple flights of stairs without mm. shortness of breath or chest pain? And if they say yes to that question, that they can and they don't have any problems, they're much more likely to survive a surgery um, and not have any complications. So, hmm. and that that goes for, you know, doing well generally in life. If you can go up a couple of flights of stairs and you're bounding up those stairs and you're doing okay, pretty fit. But if you're thin yeah. and you can barely get up the stairs, I don't care how thin you appear, you're you're that's, gonna not do well. That's yeah. so, that's so funny you bring that up. That is like the way my dad indicates health for himself. It is like, and I've never heard of this anywhere else until you just said yeah. it. But he basically judges it by like, can I still like run up those stairs two at a time, one at a time, going yeah. back? Like, yeah. I've never heard of this before. But now yeah. you just, I'm like, wow, I'm gonna have to go to him and be like, all right, dad. A doctor literally almost said yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. guess funny. he's healthy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, okay, so. We can't do a basics episode without talking about fat a little bit. So fat pretty much has a bad rap. It always seems to be connotated with something negative. It's bad for you. You want to lose fat. Mm. You don't want to get fat. But does fat do some good things for you as well? I've always been under the impression that maybe it's something, I've heard that it's something, it protects your vital organs. There's a reason you have fat maybe around your belly or your midsection to protect Mm -hmm. your organs. Is that true? Yeah, so... Again, I, I think it's, it goes back to, you know, does the way the body appear correlate that much with how healthy you are on the inside? And the answer is not really. I mean, mm. not really. What, what the best indication is if you go to a gym and you can run on a treadmill for a while, 20, 30 minutes, 10 minutes at a good clip, you're probably okay. And if you can keep doing that and make that a lifestyle where you're just, that's your routine every day, or like your dad, if he's just running up and down stairs all, the, all day long <laughs> and to prove to himself that he's in shape. Well, I mean, that's, that's great. You know, good for him. And that's, that's more important than, you know, whether or not he, you know, there's a little bit of extra abdominal hmm. fat. You know, that doesn't really matter so much. Right. 
Okay. All right. Well, as we wrap up here with you, uh, we kind of want to know what are a few simple, realistic things that our listeners can do right now to start improving their health? Boy, I, I think um, just like with the diet, you know, when you say, you know, what's the best diet and the best diet is, is the one you'll actually do. And the same with a, with a workout, you know, the best workout's the one you'll actually do. So, you know, if you, if you work or live near a gym, you know, make it part of your routine or on your way to work. You're stopping by in the morning. It's part of your routine. That's where you get ready for work. You know, that's where you get your first workout in. And then maybe if you miss it in the morning, you catch it on the way home, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that to me is if you make it sustainable, that's the key. I'm really not interested in having my patients, you know, who may have, you know, some love handles or whatever, getting them a six pack, six pack abs, you know, no doctors like, oh, you got to go out and have six pack abs. (laughs) We don't say that because... There's really no evidence that having six-pack abs is the answer. Right. You know, it might be nice, but it's not really the answer in terms of your lo- longevity. And that's right. the name of the game is how, how can I get this person to live a long time disease-free? Mm-hmm. And, and the way that that works is, is people making sustainable lifestyle changes. So if that just means, depending on where they're at in their life, you know, if that just means if you're 80 years old and, you know, th- that means taking the stairs rather than the elevator every day when you're at work, great. Or, you know, if, you, if that means, you know, you park uh, at the end of the parking lot and walk in and walk out every day, that's great. The key is to make it sustainable because if, you know, it's hard to tell everyone to go out and lift weights, you know, right. um, it could be yoga. Right. Uh, and right. so, you know, you kind of have to meet people where they're at. So some people aren't at that stage where they want to do a heavy, you know, workout routine. So, so just start moving more and you'll yeah. burn a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's additive, you know, you start when you, once you start getting into shape, you know, it's, it just adds, you start to feel better and then you want to do more of that. So. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. You bet. My pleasure. All right. Up next, we're going to go a little bit deeper with the subject that affects all of us because we all have to eat and that's getting into the nutritional side of health. Uh, so joining us today to discuss the basics of nutrition is Candace Mayer. She's a registered dietitian with Kaiser Permanente of Orange County, and she's been doing this for 16 years. Uh, so we're happy to have her on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So starting off with the basics, we're going to talk about one of the most basic things when it comes to nutrition, which is calories. Um, how many calories a day do you need if you want to maintain your weight, lose weight, which I'm sure a lot of listeners are interested in, or even gain weight? How many calories a day do you generally need? Well, first I'd like to say that calories are individually based. We all have what's called a basal energy expenditure, um, or BEE, and it's also known as basal metabolic rate. This is um, responsible for our daily living functions, such as respiratory rate, temperature control, um, breathing, all that, et cetera. Okay. So just like the basic bodily functions throughout the day. And that, that doesn't count like actually moving yet? <laughs> um very little activity. Okay, very yeah, little activity. Yeah, but okay. yeah, nothing like running or anything like that. Okay. And then for average um BEE for a woman is about fourteen hundred calories, for a man eighteen hundred calories. And then our total calorie requirement though is that BEE plus any physical activity okay. that we do. So that's how you get your total, um, the number for your total calories you need. So can that vary pretty drastically depending on what you do for a living day in and day out? Um, definitely. So if okay. you're, you know, in front of a desk typing for eight hours a day, 
hardly moving. Yeah, you're, it's a sedentary lifestyle, so you're going to be burning a lot less calories versus maybe a construction worker dealing with heavy things and right. lifting up everything. So, Well, when it comes to weight loss, though, just jumping back a little bit, can you eat whatever you want as long as you stay within your caloric intake? Or do you really have to stick to like the healthier foods? I mean, technically, you can eat whatever you want if you're sticking within a, a certain calorie range for weight loss. Say, for example, you can eat six donuts if you're trying to maintain 1,500 calories. But is that okay? I would say no. I mean, there's a lot of good things you get from healthy food, uh, satiety, nutrients, important micronutrients, and fiber that all help with maintaining health and weight loss. Okay. So how much does it really matter to cut out like soda and fruit juices and alcohol when it comes to weight loss and dieting? Well, first of all, I would like to say that obesity and overweight are the second leading cause cause of preventable death in the U.S. Obesity epidemic is responsible for 300,000 de- um, deaths per year. Oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, with that being said, I mean, let's take a look at a can of soda has 40 40 grams of sugar for just one can of soda. Um, an eight ounce fruit juice, 100% fruit juice is about 25 to 30 grams of sugar. And then a so-called fruit drink that may only have 10% juice, same thing, about 25 to 30 grams of sugar. But a lot of those are actually double serving. So you're getting more closer to mm-hmm. 60 grams of sugar per one container. Um, and the average American is consuming what they say more than double the recommended amount of calories coming from sugar. So they only recommend 150 calories coming from actual sugar. And if you do the math, it's basically four calories per one gram of, of sugar or carbohydrates or protein. So it's about the mm, same. Okay. But so you kind of multiply the grams by four and that's kind of your cal- how many calories are coming from that. Right. Okay. I mean, and we... Definitely want to aim to get, you know, more nutritious foods, you know, from complex carbs and the protein. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so with that being said, um, oh, and I didn't mention those frozen popular coffee drinks, too. I wanted just to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because those um, are laden with syrups and, ch- you know, chocolate sauces and caramel. Yeah. And they can easily add up to 800 calories for a large. Wow. They're delicious by dangerous. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. What? what are we talking about? I don't even know. What, what like is this? Like those frozen coffee drinks. You know, oh, popular yeah. Yeah. chain yeah. The things that I like. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. That's the, like everyone the likes. only kind that I drink when I go there. But I don't get it very often. So, but yeah. I mean, it has the whipped cream on it and that yeah that's would natural sugars be better than the processed like if i wanted to drink fruit juice over soda that would be that's technically better sugar for my body right or does it not really matter i mean it's better in the sense it's it's coming from fruit it's like if you're talking about 100 percent fruit um and there's no like other artificial things like you're going to find in soda phosphoric acid which can leach the calcium out of our bones um but if you're just talking about the sugar, it's still pretty high. It's 30 grams of sugar, and mm-hmm. they have, they take out all, they strip all the fiber when they make the juice. So, there, you know, there's really not too much. I mean, there's some vitamins, vitamin A and C, mm-hmm. but you can get that from a piece of fruit. So we encourage people to eat a piece of fruit versus drink a fruit juice. Do you see that people that want to try and cut something out like that, do they end up just replacing it somewhere else often? And is that why maybe they don't um, lose the weight because they've cut it out? Like 
they're bu- they're like, oh, I cut out soda, but now I'm drinking a ton of fruit juice or whatever, you know, something else. Yeah, that, that can happen quite often if you if they're not losing weight. Um, mm. But people that are pretty diligent and motivated, I mean, and you know, if they see a dietitian, we tell them not to replace it with anything else, and they're pretty good about it. Then they will lose the weight. Right. I mean, it is it is a main factor. It does really matter. And then as far as you also mentioned alcohol too, right. um, alcohol itself has a lot of um, calories. It's actually seven calories per gram of alcohol oh, versus wow. the other ones I mentioned were four calories. Right. And then um, alcohol tends to um, increase our appetites, appetite stimulant, mm. and can le- usually lead to poor food choices too mm-hmm. when you've Double been drinking whammy. a lot. <laughs> so, you know, usually just save that for special, you know, social situations. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, what to kind of wrap up this segment here, what are the most important things you would want our listeners to know about nutrition and kind of setting the groundwork for, for healthy eating? Um, I would say usually I tell my patients, number one, portion control. That's probably the most important factor because mm-hmm. um, you see You know, people think that if they're eating healthy, they can eat as much as they want, and that's just not the case. I mean, they can overeat too much food in general, and they're going to increase their calories and therefore still gain weight. Um, So I actually encourage people to to count calories, even though it may seem tedious at first. It actually holds them accountable. Um, So if they write down like, okay, they had like a latte and a big muffin, at breakfast, then they're more likely to choose something healthier, maybe like a salad with protein at mm. lunch, because they know they already kind of had a treat. Right. So, right. Um, and then there's a lot of apps for the smartphones that can help with that. Like my fitness app is a widely used one. Okay. Okay. So basically kind of like limit your portions a little bit, cut back a little bit, maybe don't go back for seconds on that pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and two, track your calories initially. It's kind of like get a real good understanding of what you're putting into your body right now so that you know where you can actually cut back or modify it, right? I mean, it's really, people underestimate the amount they eat all the time. So if you write it down and then you write down portion size, then it, you realize, you go, oh, wow, I really ate more than I thought I did. So... Yeah, it's definitely a, a very valuable aid in helping. I was going to say, I can attest to that because I definitely lost my freshman 15 once I started counting calories because <laughs> I did not ever really pay attention to it. And I started tracking. I used an app like you recommended, and it totally opened my eyes to things I didn't even notice before. I pay a lot more attention to the foods I eat now. So right. for our listeners that need a right. little extra help, I would definitely recommend doing that. It works. <laughs> it's been giving Candace's stamp of approval. So, you know, it's good. Uh, well, before we move on here to our final segment of the show, we just want to thank uh, dietitian Candace for coming on the show and talking nutrition with us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, so now to cover all our bases with the basics, we're going to talk fitness. We're joined today by personal training director Mark Joseph de Guzman. He's been in the industry for eight years now, ever since he changed his own life by losing an amazing 110 pounds. Uh, So now he's ready to break down the basics and hopefully even inspire a few of you to get started in the gym. So first of all, thanks for coming on the show, Mark. No problem. Thank you for having me. So this episode is all about the basics. So let's start with that. What what are some of the differences between body weight, selectorized, and free weight training? So uh, when it comes down to the three, body weight, selectorized, and free weight, for us, body weight is definitely something we want to start off with. 
get the balance going, get the flexibility going. Um, and then getting into the free weight, this is where now you're more balanced and now you're really getting that strength putting in, right? And then when it goes down to selectorize, this is now when you really wanna pay attention to that muscle and really put a lot of tension onto the muscle. Each one is definitely necessity. It's just now gotta figure out where your body type is at and where we need to start at. Okay. So one's not like better than the other. No way, no way. Everything's definitely uh, a necessity. Um, Something that I've learned through my experience as well. Uh, I used to be just pure weights, but then I realized balance and flexibility is a great, great, great deal when it comes down to your healthy living lifestyle. Um, So kind of like a car, right? Uh, You have a strong engine, but two flat tires. You're not going anywhere. Hmm. So would you kind of, like someone that's just starting out, um, would they probably stay away from free weights initially though because it's kind of more unbalanced whereas like selectorize is more you're more stable is that kind of the idea there correct i mean i wouldn't fully stay away from free weights definitely some lightweight dumbbell works or things like that you're still going to be utilizing free weight but majority of it will be body weight first we got to get the joints going we got to get the muscles refreshed and get everything balanced okay and body weight what counts as body weight exercise what are some examples of life movements i always i suggest all my clients including myself i still do this is work on life movement workouts because what ends up happening is our main goal to go to the gym is to get a better lifestyle right Right. so if we work on side lateral movements sitting down sitting up this is what's going to help take care of our everyday needs from getting into the car out of the couch or just hanging out with family so is that like squats and lunges that kind of stuff squats lunges even side lateral raises even just the simple of stepping up and stepping down Um, these are everyday uses that we do that can actually help us balance out easier Okay. Um, so if you're somebody who loves cardio, but hates strength training or opposite, you know, uh, can you still get results by just sticking to one or do you need to have both? Here's my thing. I mean, you will still get results, but probably not to the results that everyone aims to get when they come to the gym. Okay. Um, both are very necessity. Uh, there's three parts to a fat cell. I know I'm getting a little, probably a little bit ahead of it, but, um, (laughs) you got three parts, 30% takes care of your cardio and the other 70% is coming from your strength training through the repair process. So, um, this would be getting a little bit more into it, but yeah, both are necessary. Um, when one takes care of one, you can actually put your body at great danger by leading the other one out. Okay. okay. So kind of, well, I want to get back to that fat thing for a second. So are you saying like that your cardio only burns 33% of the fat cell? Correct. Um, so when a lot of people try to come into the gym, of course, it's the easiest thing to do. You know, it's 30% of the gym. And on top of that, you don't have to require that much knowledge. Um, unfortunately, um, you do too much of it. It could lower your muscle. In this case, you're now trapping 70% of your fat. And also on top of that, you're putting your joints in great danger now. Mm. So we want to make sure we have a great balance. It goes back to balance, guys. So you have to have a good balance between cardio and the weightlifting for the repair process so you can fully shrink down that fat cell. I used to be one of those people where I would only stick to, <clears throat> sorry, um, treadmills. <laughs> I was so afraid yeah. to try anything else. And I've gotten into strength training more within the past year. And I've noticed the difference that it really does make. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm with you the same way. Like just cardio pretty much most of the time yeah. for a while. And then I uh, decided I was like, all right, I'm just going to go up and I'm just going to start doing some weights into that. And yeah, it, a big difference. Surprising. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense now, like hearing that with the 33%, like if you're only targeting 33% of fat, and that's your goal to lose it like it's going to take you a lot longer to do that you know so you kind of need to add in the other stuff okay and i was gonna say you kind of mentioned that um some people stick with cardio because they don't know where to begin with weight so if someone doesn't know where to start with strength training or weight training who should they approach 
Definitely approach uh, any of the fitness experts inside the gym. Um, they can give you the, the normal life movements. They can put you through a, a fitness assessment so you can see where your imbalances are at. Um, what I always let a lot of my new members and my clients know is figure out the assessment first, figure out the imbalance. And if you actually go forward and targeting that imbalance, you will feel your balance go up and that will create some power in the long run, if anything. The strength we're trying to build it necessarily isn't muscle, guys. It's just being able to be more balanced. Okay, okay. You mentioned the uh, assessment. I kind of want to, so the clubs offer an assessment complimentary for any member that signs up. What's involved in an assessment? Kind of, and, and how do people get an assessment? So first, definitely uh, find the nearest trainer or a fitness coach or the fitness expert. And the fitness is basically an entail of figuring out exactly where your cardiovascularity is at. All right, where your bottom half strength, your lower body strength, core strength, and your upper body strength. Also, the flexibility. Um, once we figure all that out, that'll actually help customize now the game plan moving forward, basically like a GPS tracker to mm. your goal in a sense. Okay, mm. kind of creating a baseline of like, hey, where you're starting at, that way when you get to where you go and you can look back and see the progress you've made. Correct, and also of, figure out yeah. exactly what you have to do too. Oh, okay. Moving forward. Okay. Yeah. Um, getting a, in, instead of going forward and just getting on the treadmill, of course, or, you know, because of the, of the lack of knowing what to do in the gym, once you know exactly what you want to target, it gives you more confidence to go and gives you more motivation to get going. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually do see about 40% to 50% of people that go through the assessment. We see them more often inside the gym. Huh. Yeah. Cause they kind of have a game plan then yes. at that point. Ah, Correct. Okay. Yes. Well, speaking of game plans, what, how many, in general, for new new members or people that are just uh, showing up to the gym, how many times a week should our listeners aim to work out and, and about how long each time they go in? I always let everyone know is to come in at least two to three days a week. Okay. Um, find two to three days a week that's doable um, and and make sure that you just stick to it. That's that's a habit that you have to build in. Okay, so build that habit. And how long should, is it, do you have to spend two hours in the gym or like 20 minutes or how, how long? No, I mean, um, during my weight loss, I, I know you, you talked about that. Right. Um, it only requires about 45 minutes to an hour a day. Okay. Um, anything past that, in reality, you're just overworking your body now. Okay. So you okay. want to make sure you keep our joints safe as well and not run into a tennis elbow or tendonitis yeah. in the long yeah. run. Okay, well, that that's nice to hear, actually, because I think an hour is probably more doable than like yeah. two or three. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, kind of like speaking to the opposite side, I mean, rest days are just as important because you don't want to overexert your body. So right. how often, how many rest days should someone get? themselves and kind of when you do have a rest day do are you supposed to still be keeping active in some way what are some things or some ways i guess you could keep active on rest days on rest days i recommend everyone just to do something out with their family or with their friends um go out you'll have fun i mean the whole point we're going into the gym is so that we can do more in life right mm -hmm. so a lot of these times when the people ask me oh or my clients ask me what should i do on my rest days go have fun don't mm. worry about it. It's a rest day. Uh, go eat a nice meal that you decide that you couldn't eat the whole week. Mm -hmm. Reward yourself. Um, it also will go down to, depending on how many times you have to work out, it goes down to what your goal is. Not everyone's trying to get on stage and look good. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot right. of us actually is just to have a better lifestyle. Right. And yeah, you don't need to come in five days a week to stay healthy. Right. Okay. So uh, wrapping this segment up here, what are a few basic things that you want people to take away and remember uh, if they're just starting out with fitness? Get in a good habit of coming into the gym, know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and get the job done. Because once it's done, all you have to do now is just maintain. And it's easier to maintain versus to attain any goal. Hmm. Okay. All right, great. That's well, a good that, way to look awesome. at it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you coming on the show. No problem. Thank, thank you. you for having me. 
Well, thanks to all of our guests for being on the show with us today. Yes, thank you so much. I think this might be our most helpful episode yet. I It may have been, especially for people that are new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you for the newbies out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you want more awesome advice or you just really like the sound of my voice and Candace's voice. Hey there. I don't know why I went deep for Candace there. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on any of the major podcast streaming channels. And Andrew, can I tell them? Can I T- tell them? Tell them what? Okay, so we are having our first ever LHP giveaway. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. I totally forgot we were doing that. Yep. Tag us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Use the hashtag Living Healthy Podcast and let us know what you like about us because it helps inflate our egos. It one, it really does. <laughs> and you could be randomly selected to win an. LA Fitness goodie bag. Um, what's in it? Yeah, that's we'd, what I was going to ask you. We'd like to tell you, but it would ruin the surprise. But we promise it's good. Right. Promise. <laughs> okay, well, good thing I don't have trust issues like you do. So oh. I, will, I will believe you. <laughs> uh, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Candace. And we look forward to seeing you in the gym and talking to you again soon. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. I don't know if we can keep that, but... (laughs)